HHFM Indianapolis. It's Indie Speaks. Your life matters. Hosted by Cameron Riddle. Good morning, Indianapolis. A little cold outside this morning. Wasn't expecting that one, were you? 28 degrees right now in central Indiana. We're back to winter just for today. We'll warm up a little bit later today and throughout the week. This morning on the show, we've got Congressman Andre Carson. He is getting ready for the third annual Youth Opportunities Fair right here in Indianapolis. It's not just a job fair, but it is all of the opportunities for youth you can think of so they can have something to do over the summer. Summer camps, jobs, internships, opportunities to keep them busy in those summer months coming up. Plus, we'll hear from the Bernie Sanders campaign. They have been the first presidential campaign to open a campaign office right here in Indianapolis. We'll be talking with the leader of their Indiana operations coming up this hour and... It's not been such a good week for Donald Trump. A little bit better for Ted Cruz. We'll hear from the Ted Cruz campaign about their thoughts on what has happened this week. And we'll ask both campaigns how they plan to win the Hoosier State. Remember, tomorrow is the last day to register to vote. You can do it online at indianavoters.com before midnight or mail in or go down to the clerk's office before the close of business and fill out a voter registration application. It takes less than five minutes, but it's got to be done by tomorrow. And if you are going to be 18 by the May election, not by tomorrow, but if you'll be May, if you'll be 18 by the end of April, you can still register to vote. You just have to go to indianavoters.com. We'll talk about all of this and more coming up. But first, let's get you caught up on what happened overnight with your top stories. New this morning, Indianapolis police shot and killed a robbery suspect on the west side overnight. It happened after 11 o'clock at the McDonald's on West 38th Street and Lafayette Road. Police say they were called to investigate a robbery in progress. Within a minute of getting there to the scene, they were confronted by an armed suspect and shot him. The investigation is ongoing. Crews spent much of yesterday responding to reports of downpowered lines and trees all across central Indiana. According to RTV6, between 2.30 and 6.30, IFD responded to 86 calls for downed power lines, 33 calls for utility poles down or on fire, one structural collapse, one burned person, and 106 EMS calls were dispatched. And the forecast, a lot calmer than yesterday with a high of 55 degrees and a 40% chance of rain. It is 28 degrees right now in Indianapolis. And this morning, we are on the phone with our congressman working hard for the people of central Indiana. A guest to the show. He was on our very first show back last summer, and he joins us again this morning on the Indy Speaks line. He is Congressman Andre Carson. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Glad you could be here. You've had a busy week. Uh, You are in town. Uh, What have you been doing this week? And you've got a big week uh, set for next week. We've been meeting with the constituents. Uh, we were at Shalom Healthcare Center. We did their opening of their second site. They, they provide terrific services. We've been meeting with community leaders, activists, faith leaders, pastors. Uh, we were at the children's, uh, the, the Indianapolis Symphony's 20th anniversary. They honored Betty Perry. Uh, we've been just meeting with each uh, everyday people. Uh, we've been having a ball. Been happy to be out in the district, spending time with family. 
uh, meeting new people, doing the people's work. Next week that mission continues, you've got the third annual Youth Opportunities Fair. Tell us what that is. You know, coming up, we have um, our our annual, third annual Youth Opportunities Fair, April 6th. It will be at the Central Library downtown from 4 to 7 p.m. You know, we have over 50 organizations who have signed up, Children's Museum, Indianapolis Zoo, even the Christmore House, uh, as an example. So each will be offering summer jobs, some internships, and some even volunteer opportunities for young people. And, you know, as a parent, I understand the need for summer opportunities. You know, it's a huge one. And as a lifelong Hoosier, I, I know personally the benefits of some of these opportunities for young people. So our hope is that hosting this kind of event can send a message to the broader community that we're doing something as a community to make sure our young people have safe places to go during the summer months. And, you know, we can all agree that violence and crime has had an impact on our city and and so many young people and their families. Uh, But we have to make it clear that we're here to help. Studies have shown, as you know, that young people who volunteer and are engaged in community activities uh, not only help others, they also help themselves. In fact, those who volunteer just one hour a week are 50% less likely to abuse drugs, alcohol, or, or anything else hmm. than those who don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when, when coupled with school-based support, volunteering relates to reduction in, in crime, failure from suspension from school, dropout rates, pregnancies, so on and so forth. And I, I can remember what it was like to be a young person in search of a bright future, and I, and I, I want those same opportunities provided to our youth. Well, as I'm looking at the the schedule and the the rundown for next week, I note that it's called the Youth Opportunities Fair, not necessarily uh, Job Fair, um, because sure. I, I'm wondering are there opportunities for for if you got uh, kids who are not of working age, uh, the opportunity to sign them up for a summer camp or a day camp or something at, at the fair as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those things will be there. That's, that's, that's a great note to make. You know, our annual job fair will be held in August. Uh, but this, this is specific for younger people who may get a job, they may get an internship, or they may just have an opportunity to serve, all which will make them better people. But even more so than that, it will help build their resume, broaden their life experience, and really allow them to reach recalibrated in a way that makes them think differently about their future and their contribution to humanity. Have uh, In the past, this is obviously the third annual, what has the, the response been not only from the community but for the organizations that participate uh, in the past two years? You know, they, 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 they you know, we, we have to commend all the organizations who, who have participated. Short Ridges, which was our sponsor or our partner, partner last year, and the organizations and businesses that have come, they've been able to recruit talented young people who have helped shape their organizations, a business model, an operational model. Uh, they've, they've, the, the organizations are excited because many of these organizations uh, often bemoan the fact that they can't find talented young people. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of acted as a vehicle along with the Central Library, uh, and shout out to Jackie Needis, to really provide a platform and be a vehicle in which these smart young people can come meet potential employers or organizations that 
uh, can, that where the exchange will be mutual beneficial. Uh, you'll have talented young people in exchange for life experiences that you really can't put a price tag on. As you said, we know the benefit of giving people uh, something to do during the the summer months. Um, is there uh, an opportunity? Is there a flexibility? You know, we've got a lot of different school districts uh, in the areas that you serve. Um, is is there a window that you know is this an eight week program that maybe overall people are offering? Have they committed to? being available through June, July, and then some into August or into May? What can people expect for timeline-wise if this is something they want to get involved in? I think it varies uh, uh, from organization to organization. I think, I, think, I, think the, I think the greater emphasis is on allowing younger people to have an opportunity, be that opportunity paid uh, or even unpaid. The fact is that uh, far too often, younger people attempt to enter into the workspace after high school, even college, and they've and they've not gained any tools mm-hmm. to equip them going into the workspace. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've you've worked throughout college. You're you're a hard worker. You were working in high school, and a lot of the mistakes that you would have made uh, going uh, a different route had been tweaked and honed, along with your hard work and brilliance, certainly. Mm-hmm. But those 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 things have been have been shaven down, if you will, because you've had the exposure, you've had the experience, and your perspective has changed. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is provide younger people with an opportunity who may not know exactly what it is that they want to do with themselves, but by volunteering, by interning, by even working a summer job, will not only equip you to deal with different kinds of people. Uh, to build your relationship and, and interpersonal skills, but it will give you a greater work ethic, and hopefully you can take away something that will inspire you to either start your own business, work for a nonprofit, get involved in public life, or even just have a heart that's committed to serve. Yeah, I think you are uh, 100% right about that. I mean, me personally, I am sitting mm-hmm. uh, behind this microphone right now because I went to the Boys and Girls Club back in uh, middle school, Westside Boys and Girls Club. Shout, wow. out, shout out to Lagore. And what happened with me That's was um, I like to talk on the intercom and, you know, make the announcements. And so one day the, the regional people were in and were like, we need him. And we're going to have him go on Channel mm. 13 and be our spokesperson for the summer. So wow. I, I ended up wow. doing that. And in turn, the, you know, there was a guy there at this TV station like, you know, you did a really good job up there. One day you could be on TV and you could be an anchor as he points Man. to all the anchors up on the wall. And that's when I decided this that this is what I want to do. Of course, I didn't go to the Boys mm. and Girls Club you know, signing up for some kind of broadcast program, but I went, you know, to get something to do. And then I found what it was I wanted to do because I was doing a Boys and Girls Club program. Oh, man. That's powerful. That is, and that is a testament. Boys and Girls Club impacted folks like yourself and Denzel Washington, so many other people. And it's just getting that opportunity where someone, uh, a mentor, a coach, can see your talent and make that investment in you to change the trajectory of your life. It happens all the time, but far too many times, 
doesn't have it enough. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I I owe a whole bunch of this the whole start. It, it started right there, the Boys and Girls Club, in the summer. So I encourage everyone to uh, go out and do that. Give us the details for this event next week. For those of you just tuning in, we are talking with Congressman Andre Carson about the Youth Opportunities Fair. It is coming up this week on April the 6th. Congressman, tell us where it is. You don't want to miss it. It's at the Central Library downtown from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. April the 6th. That's Wednesday, April the 6th. Central Library downtown from 4 to 7 p.m. All right, and Congressman, before I let you go, I got to ask you for we're getting into the election season. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but a couple of weeks ago on Fox 59, uh, they had a picture up, up of you uh, accidentally next to Donald Trump, and it said Carson endorses Trump, Carson endorsement, but they meant Ben Carson. Did you see that? Sure. Yeah, folks uh, 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 sent me um, emails about it, and you know, I I I, I took it in a lighthearted manner. I was just at Fox Fifty Nine the other day, and, and they have a great great team over there. And you know, these things happen. I think I've been vocal enough against Mr. Trump that uh, folks know where I stand. Yeah, uh, you know, simple mistake. A computer hit you hit the sure. wrong Carson. They got they got half the name right. Uh, for people, <laughs> uh, for people who are not sure who you are uh, rooting for and yeah. all this, who is that? You know, I um, I'm supporting Hillary Clinton. A lot of my friends are feeling the burn there with Bernie Sanders. Um, I, I think he has a great progressive message. Uh, a lot of my friends and even my political buddies are, are supporting Sanders, but I'm standing firmly with. With, with Hillary Clinton, uh, based on experience, relationship, uh, uh, loving her work as a U.S. senator, as a first lady, and uh, even a secretary of state, uh, which tells me she, she's best prepared to uh, hit the ground running on day one. All right, election season is officially, well, technically officially begins on Tuesday after voter registration ends on Monday. If you could, Congressman, before you go, uh, remind everyone how important it is to vote. The voter registration deadline is Monday at midnight if you're going to do it online or at the close of business at the clerk's office. But this is where the process to voice your opinion, whether it's at the city county building with the mayor or in Washington with you or the president, it starts with registering to vote. Absolutely. It's so critically important. I mean, it's almost like you you, you shouldn't even attempt to critique the process uh, until you're engaged in the process. You know, once you vote, then it's like you're, you're allowed to critique now. Once you become a voting age, you're allowed to critique the process, and you become a part of the process. You know, most of the things that we do in our lives, whether it's, you know, riding a bus or, or driving and seeing a stop sign or taking medication, that's the result of legislation. It's the result of legislators, city councilors, state legislators, members of Congress, county commissioners, mayors, governors, voting and, and, and passing laws that regulate in some way our lives. And so in order for us as concerned citizens to really hold our representatives accountable, uh, we have to be engaged in the process. And that engagement first starts with the voting, but it doesn't end there. Uh, it continues with communication, going to town halls, communicating with your legislator uh, via email or writing letters, or even volunteering for a campaign, a school board race, a city council race, a gubernatorial race, a congressional race. Being a part of the system because, you know, America is a democracy. And though we're not a perfect system, uh, we're, we're in a constant pursuit of perfection. 
And that pursuit must be followed by active participation in the process. All right. It all begins on Monday. Voter registration deadline, folks, is midnight. If you're going to do it online at indianavoters.com so you can voice your opinion. Uh, what goes on in Indiana and Indianapolis, and you can even give Congressman Carson a call and then uh, go see Congressman Carson on the 6th this Wednesday at the Central Library from 4 until 7 p.m. for the Youth Opportunities Fair to find your youth here in the Circle City something to do for the summer. And it is all brought to you by Congressman Andre Carson. Thank you so much. An honor. Thank you. And we'll be right back with more of Andy Speaks here on Hot 96.3. Nap time, this is your boy Ricky Smiley. And you're getting your news right from Cameron Riddle. And be sure to wake up tomorrow morning to the Ricky Smiley Morning Show from 6 to 10 on Hot 96.3. Ending Election Day is around the corner. I'm Cameron Riddle from Hot 96.3. Are you registered to vote? The upcoming election is critical, and it's the only way to make your voice count. Think your vote isn't important? It could mean the difference in the race for governor between Mike Pence and John Gray. I am announcing my intention to seek re-election as your governor in the year 2016. This campaign is going to be on Mike Pence's failed record of leadership and the race for president between Donald Trump, John Kasich, and Ted Cruz, or Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Nobody's going to mess with us. That I can tell you. We are going to compete for every vote in every state. Democracy is not complicated. It is one person, one vote. We've made it easy for you. You can register to vote online right now on Hot963.com. You'd register for concert tickets, so why not register to vote? If you'll be 18 before Election Day, then register to vote right now on Hot963.com or at your county clerk's office. The deadline is Monday, April 4th, and primary Election Day is Tuesday, May 3rd. This is Congressman Andre Carson, and you're listening to Indy Speaks with my man Cameron Riddle on Hot 96. And we're back. This is Indy Speaks. Good Sunday morning to you. 28 degrees here in the Circle City. We are continuing the show this morning in the realm of politics. As I've reminded you, as you've heard, the election is officially a month away from today. It's the primary election. Lots of things going on, both the governor's race. You've got John Gregg versus Mike Pence. You've got the presidential race. Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and John Kasich. Um, If you are not registered to vote, you have until Monday at midnight to get that done on indianavoters.com. If you will be 18 before the May election, not before Monday, if you turn 18 on April 27th, you are eligible to vote in May, but you have to register by tomorrow night at midnight. That is the deadline to do it online. Or you can go down to the York County Clerk's Office before their close of business and fill out a paper application. This isn't a car. It's a mini. Which Experience. all takes the exact same amount of time. Less than five minutes to get it done. So do that by tomorrow. One of the people you may be interested in voting for may be... Democratic presidential candidate, Senator Bernie Sanders. Uh, All of these people that you've been hearing about over the past several months, they are coming to Indiana. Their attention is turning to Hoosiers because at this point in the race, this time around, 
Hoosier votes are going to matter. And it appears that the Bernie, Bernie Sanders campaign realizes that and is already working to get the vote of Hoosiers because they have been the first presidential campaign to open an office in Indianapolis. It happened last week or the week before last, and they are now the first on the Democratic side of the ticket to call into Hot 96.3 as they are vying for your vote. Joining me on the phone right now is the Indiana State Director with the Bernie Sanders campaign. He is Pete Delisandro. Good morning. Cameron, good morning to you. Thank you for having me. Glad you could be here. Thanks for waking up early to uh, talk with us. Uh, as I said, the uh, Sanders campaign is the first of the presidential candidates to have an office open in Indiana. You are uh, in charge of, of that effort. Tell me how this all came about. Sure. Um, well, and, and it's not just uh, Indianapolis. We're real uh, happy that uh, we've been given the resources and, and the uh, the uh, ability from our, you know, from the from the national campaign. We, we, we have an office in Gary. We have an office in uh, uh, Bloomington, uh, Muncie. Uh, you know, and we're going to have a few more um, that we that we're going to open throughout the state. We're we're taking this uh, very very seriously. And you made a great point uh, in the intro. This is this is a place that really, to, to use an old uh, an, an old phrase uh, uh, from organizing days past. You know, the, 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 this is a place where the whole world is going to be watching mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the way the calendar plays out. You know, we, we're, we're going to hear about a bunch of Super Tuesdays and whatnot up until that point with uh, various uh, states going. But um, I'm calling um, uh, May third standalone Tuesday. Indiana's uh, the the only um, the only one in town that that day, and I think the whole world is going to be watching um, uh, how it goes here. And uh, so we we feel real real good about that. We got here uh, like many other folks uh, on these presidential campaigns uh, through some uh, you know going through some other places. I, I started in um, started in Iowa uh, when we started. We were fifty points down. Uh, in the polls there, basically had a virtual tie by the time we got to caucus night there. Then went to um, uh, Oklahoma, a place where uh, Secretary Clinton had actually beaten, uh, at that time, Senator Obama by uh, by 30 points uh, in uh, 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 08. We, we wound up winning there. Um, now, uh, myself and some of the other team, uh, they they asked us to, to come to Indiana and put a team together here. Uh, the one thing I will say is it's easy for us to talk about um, campaign teams. You know, we did this, we did that. One of the things that we've seen in each place we've gone and that now has been even amplified in Indiana is uh, the the uh, the folks have been waiting for us when we get here. Uh, an incredible group of grassroots activists uh, that have been, uh, the word I use, organically uh, uh, organizing well before we even got here, well before anyone realized, like you just said, that, that, that Indiana is, is going to be a place that, uh, that really, really matters this year. Um, a, a lot of just uh, incredibly great uh, Indiana organizers have been doing this on their own. So we inherited a, an, an amazing group of people. Uh, just had a rally that the campaign uh, just went to. We didn't have anything to do with it. Had a rally yesterday at, the, at, at, at your state house with um, close to a thousand people at it yesterday, so we we feel real good uh, about our our chances here uh, because of the the great folks that we inherited when we got here. Well, I've noticed uh, the the places that you have opened offices: uh, Muncie, Bloomington. I think you said Lafayette and Gary. 
uh, towns where there are universities. So a large population of young people, um, the same people who are going to be listening to this station. Um, that has been where Bernie Sanders has been very successful yep. is with college aged students. And you guys appear to be taking that uh, head on. Yeah, and it's it's um, uh, younger younger people too. College age students, we we do very well with. We 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 thought from the beginning uh, that 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 would be a a, a great uh, start of a base, you know, for a candidate talking about um, the, the the problem of income inequality, the problem that so many of our young people, uh, those that can afford to go to college, um, are getting buried by debt for some of them for 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 the. You know, first part of not all of their working life, um, and 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 then and then there was all these incredible kids um, who, for one reason or another, and really the reason is is is, is the economic inequality in the country, um, should be in college, are qualified to go to college, but uh, can't afford to. And so we knew that the senators um, stand and and believe that we should uh, have a, have a nation in which. Um, uh, state universities, if you qualified to go, um, a public university should should be free. Would, would resonate, but we've actually seen the. Um, and your point is well taken, and it's exactly right. But, but really, the demographic of eighteen into um, early forties has been very good to us. So it's not just uh, younger people that are just starting out, but it's it. We do very well all the way through uh, folks that are already, um, you know. Uh, already have families, are, are young working people who who have faced some of these issues already, and then um, I, I really think this um, have, having worked with so many of them o- over the course of uh, the the last year, uh, th- this is an incredible young generation, and 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 and, and I, I think they're going to do great things, and and they're they're really motivated also by by social justice and and, and how we can make you know this union a more perfect union and the the fact that they're motivated so strongly by that has has, has really been a, a great help uh and, and just such a positive feeling for the older folks like me to see this this younger generation that, that's motivated by that, that 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 not just the issues that affect them but the idea that we can't be everything we should be in this nation unless we make sure that we take care of a lot of uh, these other problems, even if they don't affect us personally, because uh, actually they come from the belief, which Senator Sanders does, that they all, it all affects us individually, uh, regardless of, of, of where uh, we may live or regardless of what our station in life may be or, or the breaks we may have gotten, that if we don't get the social justice stuff right, and obviously this is something that he has stood for uh, not just his entire career, his entire life. So, uh, I, you know, I feel good about the coalition we can put together here with those type of uh, with those type of issues. But, but to get back to your original point, you hit it right on the head. Um, you know, you, you go to where the votes are, and we think we're going to do very well in, in, in those areas. Let, let me ask you about the data because when you are when they when they ask you to go to these different states, you do a yeah. lot of studying and analyzing it. Indiana, uh, on paper, oftentimes appears to be a red state. Um, but we know back in 2008, this state voted mm-hmm. uh, for Hillary Clinton. And then in the general election, Barack Obama won this state. Um, oftentimes, people think on the national scale, Indiana appears to be um, 
appears to be red, and it just, to me, does not match the dynamic that I know um, goes on when you look at the places that your campaign is in. Gary, Lafayette, Bloomington, Indianapolis, Muncie. Um, these are hard blue areas, and based on what I know, when those areas go out to vote like they did back in 08, this state turns blue. What has your data and analysis told you about Indiana and why this is a place where not only uh, Bernie Sanders, but a Democrat overall can win? Great question and actually a great insight. Uh, it's something that Senator Sanders says about our campaign, but, but then he expands it and it, it's true about uh, uh, the Democrat uh, chance, uh, not just at the top of the ticket, but but all the way down uh, the ballot, uh, you know, to, to, to help give, uh, you know, Repres- Representative Carson some, some other folks uh, uh, with him uh, in, in the legislative uh, side of things uh, when he goes back to Washington next year. Um, and, and that is that when we have an increased voter turnout, we know we do very well, but Democrats do really well. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that Indiana went blue in, in 2008 was the incredible amount of uh, just that positive enthusiasm that we all remember that, that, that Barack Obama was able to bring to that campaign. And so when, when we expand the, the likely voter and bring in more people to vote, which is great that you're asking. I, I you know, I, when I first got on, I, I got on during a commercial break and the pushing of the registration, which, which we're doing ourselves. We're out there trying to register people to vote. Um, to add to that number because we know that when more people vote, Democrats do better. Progressives do better. People that care about these issues we talk about, income inequality, social justice, do better at the polls. So, the point you made is exactly what we're seeing and exactly what we try to do. We try to expand the electorate, which helps Bernie Sanders in primaries. We've seen that throughout the country. But then when we expand that electorate and we bring more like-minded people into the process, we have a better chance in November to, to bring those people back, to get them to vote, and, and to, you're right, make Indiana, which the rest of the, you know, it's easy from 30,000 feet to say, well, that's a red state. But when you see some of the... Um, uh, you know, great progressives. We were mentioning um, uh, the congressman earlier that, that have been elected here. Um, we know that would be increased voter turnout. We can do that, and we can do it again this year. We've seen it uh, every election. In fact, uh, this past uh, election um, in the fall and, and the year before that, Indiana was the worst state for voter turnout and when that happened we had a a busload of republicans that were elected into office um so it just you know that backs up the data again that when more people vote democrats win when less people vote republicans win um so as we move into the may election and we look try to Mm -hmm. look ahead to the november election what is going to do it for bernie sanders in indiana this time why um is this not Hillary Clinton's state this time around? Well, we're, we're going to do it the same way that we've done it in other places uh, and that we've been successful in other places. And, you know, as a longtime organizer myself, uh, it, it is uh, heartening to work for someone running for the highest office in the land who truly understands that it's the grassroots, that, that real change doesn't come from the top. 
down. It comes from the grassroots up. And so we're going to do it the old-fashioned way. We, 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 we have been very successful with um, uh, putting a, 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 a army of uh, activists on the doors. We knock on as many doors as we can between now and, and, and May 3rd. Uh, we talk to voters where they live, talk to them about their issues, and then um, our folks at the door can explain to them why, why, why Bernie Sanders is, is the best choice for the things that they care about. Uh, we, will, uh, we will do that everywhere. That, that's how we do it. That's how we, that's how we did it in, in Iowa. That's how we did it uh, when we were in Oklahoma and, again, took a, a place where, again, another place where everyone thinks it's this you know, conservative red state, took a, took a place that went from, you know, uh, Secretary Clinton won by 30 points. We won it by double digits. Um, and then in, in other places throughout, that's how they did it in Michigan. No one saw that coming, mm-hmm. but they were at people's doors in their neighborhoods talking about the issues they care about. And then we always see a um, uh, uh, an enthusiasm as we get closer uh, to the thing, uh, regardless of whether it's a caucus or or or, or a primary, uh, that we're able to get out even more of people uh, to, to help us with that and, and knock on more doors, make more phone calls. So, I mean, I know it sounds, uh, it might sound old-fashioned and it might sound, uh, you know, pretty nitty-gritty um, with, with all the new technology that we have this in, 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 in politics these days, and we use those too. But we believe that it's shoe leather and, and, and just good folks uh, giving us their time, which we have so many of, and talking to their neighbors, uh, talking to people in their union halls, talking to people at their church groups, at their bowling alleys, uh, you know, it sounds like something from a uh, an era past, but it, but it, but it's worked and it still works. And we think neighbor to neighbor, people to people, is still the best way to to do politics when you're able to do it that way. We have enough time in Indiana to do it that way. You know, we are officially a month away, um, and with Indiana being so late in the uh, elect primary election cycle, normally things are for the most part wrapped up. You've got a pretty clear idea of who is going to be the nominee of each party. Um, On both tickets, the Republican and the Democratic side, um, there is a front runner. There is someone who is closest to clinching that nomination, but the person who is in second place is not far behind. And the remaining states, I think, as it's still 50 or 60 percent of the delegates left, have not even been voted for. And that is why this time Indiana is going to be uh, so crucial for both Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. Um, do are we going to see a, a, a very uh, hot and heavy competition here? Are the candidates going to be here soon to uh, start that that foot ground game that we've been seeing in other states? Yeah, well, we'll, we're here with with the foot ground game. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt about that. You are the first. Yeah, and and, and we're, I can't speak to the other candidates. I certainly can't speak to the other side because I can't even understand, to be quite honest with you, how they think, (laughs) let alone how they're going to campaign. And in in terms of of the Secretary's campaign, look, we've, um, obviously, we were going toe to toe with them when I was in Iowa. Uh, They had some very good people uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, when we were there, uh, some great, uh, a great, uh, they're, 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 you know, they're a foreign team, they're, and 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 they're a, they're they're a good team, and so we would fully expect them to have 
a, a strong team here, and we expect this to be a, a rigorous campaign talking about the type of issues we've talked about. Um, but we can't really look at, uh, and the analogy I always use, because I think it works, is um, unlike the sporting event, you know, the, un- unlike, you know, if, um, you know, when, 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 you know, Butler played Duke for the national title and both coaches could figure out, well, if they do this, I can put this defense in. If they go to this press, we're going to break it that way. Really, in um, the way we've done it uh, throughout is we feel we have steps that we can take. If we do them well, we're going to be successful on election day. And we really don't look at the other campaign. We don't, we don't, we, we don't adjust to where they put their offices, where they, where they think they have to knock doors. And so a lot of times it sounds glib, but I don't mean it as a glib answer is I really can't speak to what their strategy is because we're so focused on ours and we know if like we do ours well, um, which not only includes the grassroots door to door, but getting the message out about that, that, that most voters realize that they're, they're living in, a, in an economy that's rigged against working people, uh, that, that we have um, uh, way too much money going to the top. And, 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 and actually have had a, a, a backwards redistribution of wealth over the course of the last generation where working people and poor people have been paying it up. Um, and, 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 and also that message we talked about earlier for young people that we need to put, give our young people the best chance to succeed because our country succeeds uh, when we do that. Um, and, and then, again, talking about the social justice issues that, that have been the, the, the standard of his life. We feel if we get those messages out, regardless of... of of, of any other campaign, we're going to do very well. So that that's what we're focused on every day. All right. Pete D'Alessandro, thank you so much from the Bernie Sanders campaign. Appreciate you calling in. And uh, we will be watching over the next 30 days, and we'll be contacting you again to see how the ground game is going in Indiana. Thank you for calling in this morning. I, I look forward to it, and thank you for, for uh, some very good questions on, a, on an early Sunday morning. Thank you very much, Cameron. And I agree with you. One more reminder. Anyone who's not registered, get registered to vote. That's right. Register to vote by midnight tomorrow, or if you're going to do it on paper, by the time your county clerk's office closes for business on Monday. Get it done. Uh, Voter registration due tomorrow, and the election is a month away. Pete, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, And we'll be right back. More Indie Speaks. We'll be hearing from the Ted Cruz campaign on the other side. Join the conversation and let your voice be heard by dialing in and calling 239-9696. Now back to Indie Speaks, Your Life Matters with Cameron Rich. What's up, Indianapolis? This is Ebony Chappelle with the Indianapolis Recorder newspaper, and you're listening to Indie Speaks with Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3. And we're back. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. It is 749. My clock actually just reads way too early. Good morning. Get your coat as you head out the door. 28 degrees right now in the Circle City. And as I've been saying all morning long, the election in Indiana is going to matter so much this time around for both the Republicans and Democrats. No matter which side you're on, you need to be listening and paying attention to what is going on. And not only the presidential race, but the governor's race. Um, if you are going to vote, you need to do that by tomorrow at midnight on indianavoters.com or you can go down to your local county clerk's office and register on paper before they close for business tomorrow, Monday. The election, first Tuesday in May 
And it's about to heat up right now in the Hoosier State. We just heard from the Bernie Sanders campaign. We heard from Congressman Andre Carson this morning, who said he is rooting for Hillary Clinton. So what's going on on the other side with the Republicans? We hear so much about Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and a little bit about John Kasich. We can talk about that on another show. Uh, But this morning from the uh, Ted Cruz campaign is Peter Ferrara. And he joins us on the Indy Speaks live line this morning. Peter, good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. I'm glad you could be here as well. Thank you for waking up so early to talk with us this morning. Uh, For the Ted Cruz campaign, I don't know if you would characterize it as a good week, uh, but it's definitely not been a good week for the uh, Donald Trump campaign, which I guess is good news for your side. Yes, uh, Cruz is skyrocketing right now while Trump is nosediving, and uh, that's a very positive trend for the Cruz campaign, that's for sure. And... uh, so uh, we're looking forward to results in the upcoming uh, primaries. What is what are you hearing from from, from supporters of Ted Cruz? Uh, why is it that they like Ted Cruz? Is it that he's not Donald Trump, or is that he actually um, is a candidate that they like? Well, I worked for President Reagan in the White House Office of Policy Development as a young man just out of school, and uh, what impressed me about Cruz is that. He embraces the same three-dimensional political and policy framework as Reagan did. So he has fearless, consistent free market economics, peace through strength on national defense, and traditional values, cultural conservatism. And uh, on issue after issue, I see no difference between Reagan and Cruz uh, in any of these dimensions. If Ted Cruz is the Ronald Reagan of today, is he going to be able to work across the aisle because Far too often now, I guess it's really the norm that you cannot work across party lines. If you're a Republican, you can't agree with a Democrat, even if it makes sense. And the same goes the other way. Is that the kind of uh, administration we would see from the Ted Cruz campaign? Uh, well, I think he would be, be very much like Reagan in that regard. He, he, uh, he's willing to compromise with Democrats as long as they're advancing uh uh, his policies uh, in, in those dimensions I, I talked about free market economics peace through strength national defense traditional values cultural conservatism he's going to be on the offensive on these issues and uh, and and so he's willing to compromise with the uh, Democrats to the extent that they are talking about making advances in those areas he's not willing to compromise with Democrats to move left with the Democrats to embrace what the Democrats agenda is he'll work with Democrats and Congress and Republicans uh, to advance uh, uh, conservative positions in each of those three uh, central areas. Let me ask you this week uh, about the Trump versus Cruz dynamic. It's been a distraction. I mean, even right now, I'm asking about your thoughts on Donald Trump and not necessarily, um, you know, what Ted Cruz is going to do for for the nation if he is president. Is that good or bad for this campaign? Well, what's striking to me about Ted Cruz is that, first of all, he has these uh, very strong Reagan principles. But secondly, he advances them with a level of articulate intelligence and perception that we see virtually unprecedented in Washington. I mean, most politicians can barely explain themselves. You are educated once you have listened to Ted Cruz talk about uh, about the issues. He I've seen him on issue after issue turn on an attacker, and instead of a personal attack, 
he explains the issue brilliantly and uh and i'm impressed with that over and over again and so that is in sharp contrast with donald trump who uh i feel does is just winging it he's uh taking it step by uh, you know he's taking he doesn't seem to think in advance on, on what he needs to say on, on issues. He doesn't think out his positions, and he seems to be making it up as he goes along. So uh, that's the sharp contrast. I mean, to me, the real question is, why would anybody vote for Donald Trump when they could vote for uh, such a such a uh, intelligent, highly articulate uh, Reagan Reaganite candidate like Ted Cruz? And uh, that's the real question that uh, challenging me in my mind over and over again in this election. With the uh, election here in Indiana, we are 30 days away now from the Indiana primary. Um, there have been some comparisons and contrast to what's going on here in our state. Our governor has been pretty far right, uh, doing some very uh, conservative signings of bills in the past month. Um, and a lot of people have said that that is what they are tired of is uh, politicians getting into office, doing things no one really asked them to do. Um, and that is, seems to be the style of the establishment um, elected officials. Is Ted Cruz going to office to push his, push his agenda, what he feels uh, America should be doing, or is he going there to represent the people and what um, they have asked him to do? Well, I think, uh, uh, you know, when Reagan campaigned on a specific agenda, he told people in advance what he was going to do. And when he won, lo and behold, he did what he said he would do. And that's what we've seen in, with Ted Cruz. He ran for the Senate in Texas uh, he, on a specific platform. He was elected. He's been true to that platform all along. And so uh, he, he stays with his, his principles. He's a, what, a conviction of politician, in the words of uh, former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. That means that Cruz is like Reagan and Thatcher uh, in that he's in politics to advance his conservative convictions. That's why they call him a conviction of politician. He's in politics to advance his conservative convictions, philosophy, and ideology, not for personal aggrandizement, power, or riches. And so some people run for office just to, to become somebody, just so they can be a congressman, so they can be a senator. Some people run for office because they believe in something. They believe in, in principles, and they fight for those convictions. So Cruz has made clear what he's for, and I think his positions align with what the voters want. He's got a very detailed plan to promote economic growth and jobs, and uh, he's proposed a, a very specific and detailed simple flat tax, 10% rate for all forms of income, and uh, and a 16% uh, business tax, and uh, that replaces that generates enough revenue because it closes all the loopholes. Uh, that that at the same time, the proposal involves abolishing the the payroll tax, abolishing the corporate income tax, uh, abolishing all the deduct all the uh, Obamacare taxes, uh, abolish abolishing the death tax, uh, and so it so greatly simplifies the tax code that he he argues that. It would be possible to abolish the IRS, uh, which is corrupt and uh, untrustworthy. And so that would be a very positive development. Now, a, a tax reform like this would promote economic growth because the low rate gives people to be maximally productive. It gives people incentives for savings, for investment, to start businesses, to expand businesses, to create jobs. 
and would promote rising wages. This is a, a border adjustable tax, which means that if you are uh, producing in America for exports, uh, you, you, you're not subject to tax here. But if you try to uh, import into America, you are subject to the tax. And so if that, that is very pro-manufacturing, pro-export, pro-production in America, creating jobs in America, not creating jobs overseas and then sending the products to America. So this, again, this would uh, be very uh, pro-manufacturing, good jobs with good wages, and uh, and so this is the kind of thing that he's for, and he has a whole history of sticking to what he says and doing it. So when Reagan did that, uh, he had a four-point economic program, lower tax rates, deregulation, reduced government spending, and a monetary policy for a stable dollar. And he created this enormous economic boom by following, the, implementing exactly what he said once elected. That went from 1982 to 2007, 25-year economic boom. Uh, what Art Lapp and Steve Moore called in one of the recent books the greatest period of wealth creation in the history of the planet. Wealth was created in America during those 25 years, and then the entire previous American history combined, from George Washington uh, uh, through Jimmy Carter at the time. And so. Uh, this is the thing about Ted Cruz. You can count on him on doing what he says and being fearless about it and, and, and promoting it as aggressively as he can. All right, uh, Peter, I wish I had more time with you because I had more questions for you, but I've got to get off the air here. Um, thank you for waking up early and calling in this morning. Uh, we hope to hear from you uh, throughout more of this election, and you're welcome back at any time. All right, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you, and thank you to all of our guests this morning who've called in to the Any Speaks Live line. Um, so much more to come in the next four weeks here in the great state of Indiana. I'm going to remind you one more time to register to vote. Call your friend, call your cousin, call your brother, call your sister, and see if they are registered to vote. And if they're not, make sure they get it done by tomorrow at midnight. Do it online. All you need is a driver's license or state ID so you can type in a number so that they know you're a real person. Go to indianavoters.com. Get it done. It takes less than five minutes. And if you don't have a computer, go down to your county clerk's office. They've got papers waiting for you. You put in the information. Bada boom, bada bing. You are good to go. Hey, I got to go, too. We'll be back same time, same station next Sunday morning, beginning live at 7 a.m. Until then, I'm Cameron Riddle. Trying to keep you informed and in the know. I'll see you next week. Have a great day.